You're listening to The Robert Hatfield Show on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud. A podcast about comedy, entertainment, pop culture and more. Now from the Melrose Studios in Los Angeles, California, your host, Robert Hatfield. All right, we're on. We are broadcasting into the Babylonosphere Aether. What's up, guys? It's Robert. It's been so long since I've done a podcast, and I'm here with Gabriel Land. What's up, Gabriel? What's going on, Robert? How's it going? It's going really good. Long time no see. It's been, what, two years, three years? Yeah, it's been a Something while. Something like that. I don't know. It's been a while. This is a nice apartment you got here, man. Last time I met up with you, uh, you were staying up at a Hollywood and Highland. And uh, I think this is a nicer apartment, but this is Koreatown. What can you say? Yeah, of course, you're going you're gonna to pay more for less when you're <laughs> in Hollywood than when you're in K-Town, which is my favorite neighborhood of Los Angeles, by the way. Um, anyway, so you just got back from uh, Florida, right? Yeah, I... I took, well, I was supposed to take only three months off, and three months turned into a year and a half. A year and a, you were in Florida a year and a half. Wow. I did some Disney stuff out there, some print work, and um, that was it pretty much. I took a break from acting for... How was it? Like, how was it? I missed it, um, I missed it a lot, but it was kind of cool just, um, you know, just doing normal stuff. And not thinking about acting for a while. What now? Where in Florida were you? Cause I've never been to Florida, but I have this like picture of Florida in my head, of you know the different regions of Florida, right? And there's Miami, and there's beaches, and there's uh, there places that aren't beaches. But where in Florida were you? I was in uh, Lakeland. It's between Tampa and Orlando, and it's uh, it's huh. like a little town, but it. It's cool. It's where I grew up. It's where I went to high school and middle school. So I know a lot of people back there. Huh. Cool. But, uh, you got reconnected with some old friends. Yeah, I did. No sound, just static. No sound, just static? Yeah. How's that? Anybody? Everybody here? Dang, we just... Oh, that's on... Oh, but that's not for the... That's not for the podcast. That's for the... No. Uh, okay. <laughs> You know, everybody, this is the 21st century. We're running multiple machines here. We got two laptops, two smartphones, a one tablet, one microphone, and two cans of beer. So we're running the 21st century media production chamber here, everybody. And uh, we're just having technical difficulties with, uh, what was that application? On uh, Periscope. Periscope, that's right. Periscope is something I had heard of uh faintly briefly whatever before but robert brought it up today he said he goes on periscope and it's it's supplanted ustream is that right robert yeah it has it's replaced Ustream. people um yeah not too many people hit up ustream as periscope everyone is on there and i think they just made it easier but the thing about Ustream that was better is there was actually shows like people would make like a talk show uh-huh. and then periscope is it doesn't work on your computer, only on your phone. Huh. Okay. Well, that makes it more convenient, right? Everything everything that's mobilized is more convenient than uh, everything that's 
laptopized or desktopized, you know? Who has a desktop? Everybody out there, raise your hand if you have a desktop computer. Very few of you probably do. We're, say we're texting and Periscope, we're using the smartphone to prop up the tablet. What is going on here? This is incredible. I love it. I love media. I'm a media studies geek, even though I'm a high school dropout. I'm a media studies geek. Everybody out there, go to landgabrielwriting.com. That's L-A-N-D-G-A-B-R-I-E-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com. I think I spelled that a lot right. Landgabrielwriting.com. I should have gotten a simpler, uh, simpler URL, but... Land Gabriel or Gabriel Land was taken already. I'm gonna whoever out there is uh, uh, squatting. What is it they call it? Cyber squatting on land on on uh, on GabrielLand.com out there in the uh, the world wide web Babylonosphere Aether. I'm gonna hunt you down and steal in the dead of night. I'm gonna steal my URL back from you because it's like something like. To uh to get my to get to get GabrielLand.com is like something like hundreds of dollars. Somebody's just cyber squatting on that shit. Anyway, I'm black. I'm I'm <laughs> monologuing. Robert, what do you have, what do you have to say? Tell me more about Florida. We're still podcasting here. I'm watching you run your tablet, but tell me more about Florida. So, are you near the beach in Florida, where your family is? I'm um. Well, no, I'm in between Tampa and Orlando, so we we have to drive like. Maybe forty minutes to an hour to go to the beach. Okay, but uh, would you call that Central Florida? Yeah, it would be uh, Central Florida. Uh, okay. Polk County is what it's called. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's, it, it was all right. I mean, I was getting bored, and then I would go to Tampa. Like I would hit up Ybor City or downtown Orlando, but yeah, pretty much there's no more things to do. Like Everyone already has kids and they're married at my age. So there aren't too many people going out like clubs and bars like I do. But Yeah, well, it's yeah. A col- is it, would you call that a college town? Yeah, or, or it's more like a retired person town. It's not even a college town. It's not, isn't it like below college town? Oh, well, it is. Well, there's one college. Florida, it's a small Florida, one. It's a small one. Yeah. Okay, dude. I, I don't blame you for coming back to L.A., dude. You're used to, you're used to living in Los Angeles, which is <clears throat> a global city. Los Angeles is... Everybody around the world knows what Los Angeles is. I'm burping because I'm drinking a lot of Korean beer right now. It's good. I like... There's some other brands I like more, but this... This brand is pretty good. Max is pretty good. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I don't blame you. You're used to, you know, like I was saying, everybody in the world knows what Los Angeles is, what Hollywood is. But, uh, so, you, you get accustomed to living in these, these, these huge global cities. And I'm not, I'm not down-talking to small towns. Everybody who is out there who's in a small town who might be viewing... Small towns are great to raise children in, to retire in, but, you know, you, you, a big city is like a drug. I think we can all agree on that. New York or L.A. or... Because uh, you can get anything you want at, like... At, at any time. And right? there's every, like, culture, every country is there. Yes. So... I'm used to... You know, I was just talking... We were just chatting about this earlier when we were, we were eating Korean food over at the mall near here. 
um, how I feel more comfortable when I'm surrounded by people that are like speaking other languages than I know, like like when I'm surrounded by Koreans or I'm surrounded by Asians or or uh, Hispanics, uh, I feel more comfortable when I'm surrounded by cultures that aren't my own than when I'm surrounded by people that all their their the hue of their skin is kind of similar to mine and they all speak in the same way that I speak and they all come from the same socioeconomic background that I come from and um, I think part of that is yeah I'm just used to living in big cities like Los Angeles like we were saying and I'm going off on wild tangents here. yeah that's the thing I, I, I like about you because um, a couple of actors I know out here they do similar things they travel but they you really stayed out there and you got to experience all these different cultures and while we're here, like getting tired, I think you you did the right thing because you just need a break sometimes from like LA. Yeah. You know, every Indeed. couple years, at least. You know. Yeah, I definitely do need a break from LA because I get you know I get caught up in the uh, the Hollywood the Hollywood illusion. You know, Hollywood is a big illusion. Everybody out there who's thinking about anybody out there who's thinking about hopping on a Greyhound right now to I'm gonna go become an actor in Hollywood. Let me tell you, you're going to get, you know, you're in for a reality check, you know. I mean, there's, it's very few people make it to the top of the game here. And you got to really love, you got to love, you got to love the game to join the game, the Hollywood game. And uh, it's the Boulevard of Broken Dreams. So what I'm trying to, you know, case in point, what I'm trying to, you know, what I'm trying to get to is that uh, it's not as glamorous as it seems, Everybody out there who reads People magazine, Hollywood is not as glamorous as it seems. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a tough game out here at the acting game. And I'm going off on another tangent again. What were we talking about, Robert? Bring me back to earth, brother. I um actually I want to know more. When did you come to L.A. at first? Uh, first time Los Angeles. Good question. Well, I went to San Diego before I went to Los Angeles, I think, because my my mom moved to San Diego in, God, it must have been 2003, now that I think about it. Now you're bringing me back now. And so I went to San Diego first and stayed with her for a while. Hey, what's up, Philadelto? Just joined on, uh, what is that application? Oh, on Periscope. Periscope! New application to me. Um, so yeah, in uh, 2003, my mom moved to San Diego and I went to live with her for a while. And um, other during that time, that was like six months, I had no experience of Los Angeles. And I ended up coming up here, volunteering uh, with some for some Burning Man Associated affiliated event in 2003, I think. Yeah, it was still 2003. I volunteered for this event. And so this was like, my okay, long story short, my introduction to L.A., Basically, was downtown LA, and it was Skid Row. Like, so I'm 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 like working at this. I'm volunteering at this event with a bunch of ravers. Um, and a lot of you probably know about Moon Tribe. Maybe <laughs> Moon Tribe is like this this uh, this uh, organization, I guess. This affiliation that that organizes like desert raves around. They're affiliated with Burning Man. They organize. They do desert raves. They do full moon gatherings in the desert around the Los Angeles general region. And so I came up and I volunteered for an event that they were doing with like speakers and uh, uh, up here in, in near downtown LA in a building in downtown LA. You're bringing me back. That's a good question, Robert. That's a really good question because my introduction to LA was literally downtown LA and Skid Row. 
And I left this Burning Man event. I'm like, I want to go find some beer. Where can I find beer around? Because they weren't selling beer at this uh, this Moon Tribe slash Burning Man uh, uh, event. Uh, and so I, I'm walking. It was like a multi-day event where there's multiple speakers. Like uh, the guy from... Uh, what's his name? Singer from... Not Sky Cries Mary. Uh, I don't know. He's a famous... Perry Farrell. Everybody know Perry Farrell? Perry Farrell was speaking at this event, just to give you a good idea. Perry Farrell is the singer for uh, one of those grunge bands. So I was working at this event. I'm like, I'm going to go find beer. I go and I go and I walk. I'm walking around. I'm like, where am I? Where am I? This is my like probably the first week I'm in LA. I'm like, where am I? Where can I find beer around here? And I literally walk into Skid Row. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Skid Row. <laughs> I'm looking for beer. And I'm like, where, where can I find beer? And, I, and I'm like looking around there and like, well, there's people camped out. Like camped out. And I've camped out too. I've been, I was homeless for a couple years myself. I slept under bridges. And so these are my, I'm like, these are my people. I'm like, these are my people. I can relate to these people. And, uh, I go to, uh, and I ask this guy, where can I find beer? And this, it's a black guy. Is that politically correct? African-American guy. I'm like, what's up, man? Hey, is there a corner mart around here where I can buy some beer? And he's like, oh, come on, come with me. He just waves me. He's like, come on, come on, follow me. Like, okay, I'll follow you. We're walking past, like, people smoking crack and camped out and shit. And, uh, and uh, he brings me to another guy who's sitting on a cooler. <laughs> he's sitting on a cooler it is like $2. I give him $2 and he gives me this tall can of uh, malt liquor. Like, uh, you know, Old English or something. And uh, that's how, that was, that's one of my earliest memories of Los Angeles. Thank you for asking that question, Robert. That <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, like acting wise, like, how did you like, did you just start um, sending your stuff out when you got here? Like, how did you? What was your method? Acting wise, yeah, that's another good question because I started acting long before I first came to LA the first time. Um, oh, how old were you when you made the decision you wanted to come out to LA or do this? Like, join the acting game, the tooth yeah. and nail fight to the top of the pyramid, the panopticon, the uh, the stardom. The stardom. Before, before I got caught up in the the uh, the illusion. Delusion of stardom, the the dream, the boulevard of broken dreams. Um, I would say, yeah, it was probably uh, yeah around two thousand three. At the same time, I decided to to move in with my move down. Hey, I was twenty three years old. I moved in with my mom, you know, and uh, down in San Diego. And I was like, I was up in Seattle, which is where I was born and raised. And I had done a lot of acting stuff up there. And I, and I quit acting for a long time. I'd done stage acting in high school and uh, more like fringe theater. For everyone out there who doesn't know what fringe theater is, fringe, the definition of fringe as far as I know is uh, theater with under 100 seats or something like that or 175 seats. So a small theater is like they call them black boxes. There's some, there's, there's some of them around Los Angeles. And so I had done fringe theater up in Seattle and then I quit for a while and and then I got back into it. I started doing theater. And then I started doing screen acting in Seattle. Man, my memories are fading. I don't know what exactly how I ended up back in L.A. But I came uh, back here. And luckily, I had my mother 
it had a really nice place down in San Diego, and I could like bounce up to LA, and I was doing extra work up here. I got heavily featured in like um, what's a vampire show that HBO Van- True Blood. True Blood. I got heavily heavily featured in True Blood. I was like on the road crew in True Blood, and had a, had had a lot of did a lot of extra work and. Um, yeah, I did like two years of extra work when I was like. Yeah, what did you do, like TV, yeah. TV or movies? Because I did mostly it was TV. Both. both. Yeah. I did mostly TV. Like I did a few movies early on, and then they they like I got onto these shows, and I did a lot of like mostly. It seemed like mostly. T- I think TV has kind of taken over the industry right now. Like yeah, it has the. Yeah, there's more like there's more TV stuff going on than there is movie stuff going on. And like the Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, their original. Yeah, stuff. now we got we yeah. got Silicon Valley moving into our turf, y'all. They're moving up, you know. Like, I I think of it as like this, uh, you know, this this kind of like this conflict between Hollywood and Silicon Valley, you know, because you got you got Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime. And YouTube is getting into the movie game now. They're producing... I don't know if YouTube has their own series, but they have their own studios. Certainly, YouTube opened some studios down here in Hollywood. So, uh, the, you know, there's a little bit... There's some tension there between, like, the old guard. The old guard is, like, Warner Brothers. is like... Um, the, the old studio system. The studio Hollywood system. And the new guard is, like, the internet. And streaming. And these, like, new media avenues that we have these new distribution i keep shaking the table these new distribution avenues that we have like netflix and stuff and they're, and they're like the upstarts and so like and i'm um, going way off on tangent bring me back down to earth again brother <laughs> i agree with you because that's how i watch tv is i rather sit there online and watch them like one after another instead of waiting you know binge watching yeah binge watching yeah. them you know that's the new thing. The new thing is like BitTorrent binge watching, right? You BitTorrent, you torrent that shit, and then you binge watch it. That's oh, like I, I stopped torrenting because st- I got a letter finally. You got a letter, dude? For the movie Sex Tape with uh, I don't know Cameron Diaz. I downloaded. That is fascinating, Robert. They Let's, sent me a letter. <laughs> that is fascinating because I, I consider myself anti-intellectual property, and I'm probably getting blacklisted by saying this. But Hollywood needs to be on point where they're protecting their own shit, you know? Like, Amazon knows what's up. Amazon streams their shit, and you, you got to be a really good hacker to break into Amazon, to, like, to, to download what Amazon Prime is streaming through your device. you got to be a really good hacker. But Hollywood is like, we expect the government to protect our property. No, it's like, no, you protect your own shit. You protect your own property. And um, so that's very interesting that you got the, the cease and desist letter, Robert. <laughs> yeah. I want to read that. Do you have it on file? I don't know where it is. You don't know it. where it is? Yeah. Dude, that's a memento, man. You should save that. That's like a souvenir, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. that's, like a, that's like a tattoo or a brand or a scar, man. That's a badge of honor. Yeah, we, you know, that's that's like that's street cred right there. You it guys, was retarded. I never even watched the movie. I just happened to download it, I think. Which one time. was it? Is, Sex tape. Was Cameron Diaz. Some bullshit Hollywood movie 
They sent him a letter. They put like a thing in it, like a Trojan horse, so they could see who downloaded it. Oh the my stu- god! The studio so- put stuff in there to track you. Yeah. Damn, dude, that's fascinating. That is so fascinating. I'm s- <laughs> Hollywood. We're coming for you. We're the hackers. We are anonymous. We're gonna download all your information and all your email. The Fox. The Fox. Did you ever read those Fox emails? I haven't read them, no. Did you hear about it, though? The Fox... I think it was a WikiLeaks or somebody, like, got a hold of all the Fox emails. And, like, um... What's his name? The Magic Mike dude. Oh, shit. I don't know. That famous actor, he was in, like, uh... White House has fallen and all that shit. Yeah, he's, like, the... Magic Mike. I forget his name. Is he Magic Mike? He is Magic okay, Mike. Okay, I know who that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The 21 Jump Street actor. You know, the, the leading man type. Anyway, he, he like, one of his email like, the Fox email hack. The hackers got into the Fox emails, and, like, this guy, like, like he was, like, they, they, I don't know. It was just funny what he said in these emails. He was, like, woohoo! Like, <laughs> we made, we made 10 million on opening week! You know, like, it was just funny. It was, it was Anybody out there, if you want to know about Hollywood, look look at the Fox email hack. Read all these emails that got hacked from Fox, Fox Studios, and you will see how Hollywood, how the studio system works. And it's pretty fascinating. I'm fascinated. I'm addicted. Hollywood is a drug. I can't stop coming back here. This place has gravity. I know. I came back here like I... I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life, and then I'm like, "Fuck it, let me go back to LA." <laughs> yeah, same where, where else is there to go, really? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, like, like I, I, I lived in the Bay Area briefly. I, I worked at a youth hostel in San Francisco back in the late '90s, like 2000. And um, the funny thing about the Bay Area, the interesting thing about the Bay Area is, like, like last time I left the hostel, I told the, I told the, the people at the front desk. That I was, uh, they were like, well, where are you headed next? Because I travel, I'm, I travel constantly. They were like, where are you headed next? I said, LA. And, there's, and, and, and she literally looked at me and she got a serious look on her face and she said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm like, what? What's, what's up with this? Sorry for what? Why are you sorry? You know, like, I love LA. <laughs> I love LA. As absurd as it is and as, uh, as intense as the carbon footprint of this place is, shit, no one, no one, no one walks in LA, you know, this place is, uh, polluted, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's an absurd place, and I love it, I love it, it's, uh, it's bizarre, it's absurd, it's ridiculous, and it's home, to me, Hollywood is home to me, so. That's what I, I feel like this is yeah. my home, I've lived here so many years, and, like, I just miss all the little places around here, and, now that I'm back, I'm I'm happy. You know? I'm glad you're in, I'm glad you're in Koreatown too, man. I know you probably want to move. You said you want to move back to Hollywood, but and for everybody out there who's never been to LA or doesn't know about LA, um, Hollywood and Koreatown are pretty much adjacent. There, you can walk. I've walked from one to the other. It's a long walk, but um, they're they're pretty close. Uh, but Koreatown is definitely you, you get more bang for your buck when it comes to the rent so to speak in, in Koreatown than you do in Hollywood for sure this is a nice apartment you got here dude there's a pool there's a pool like I'm pointing at a pool right now uh, for everybody on the what's this app on Periscope Periscope who can see I'm pointing at a pool 
And in Hollywood, you rent a place with a pool would probably be more than $900 a month, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, everything's over $1,000 in Hollywood. In Hollywood, and, so. uh, It was hard as fuck to get an apartment. I, um, I signed up with Westside Rentals. Nobody was calling back. It was fucked up, man. Like, Westside Rentals? Is that a scam, dude? Westside Rentals is a scam, right? It, it, like, yeah, because when you go on there, most of the stuff, it's already booked already or taken. Like, uh-huh. And it's all bullshit, like. But you kind of have to need it to get a place. Like there are places you actually could have to use it. You but. see, everybody, that's what that's what <laughs> I don't like about America. We got these these middlemen who are they're they're also you, you we can call them middlemen, but we can also call them gatekeepers. Everybody, bear with me because it's about to get social political in here. But we call them we can call them gatekeepers or middlemen. Excuse me, I'm burping. And I was just, we were just talking about acting in, in Bangkok and how um, there are no middlemen basically in, in for, to act in Thailand. Because I lived in Thailand a year and a half and I'm going back on the 30th, I'm flying back. Um, and there's a lot of acting jobs over there for people like Rob and people like me. Uh, Pan-Asian, definitely not Pan-Asian, definitely Western look. But there's a lot of acting jobs over there. So I ended up in, in Bangkok, Thailand. And it, anyway, the, the deal in Bangkok with acting is that you can, you can have as many agents as you want. It's all through like social media, through Facebook to get jobs. We connect through agents through social. So there's still middlemen. The agents are middlemen between you and the, uh, the studios or the production companies that are looking for talent. They're looking for actors to be on screen. But... Um, there's just less bureaucracy in Asia. Let's put it that way. There's less bureaucracy in in Hollywood. And don't get me wrong, I love America. I love Hollywood. This is my home. But in Hollywood, there's all these agents, these these, these like uh, West Side Rentals, Central Casting. Oh, so many middlemen. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that are like they're not helping you. All their all the only their only purpose is to take your money. They're, they're parasites, everybody. They're, fuck, they're parasites. I'm sorry. Central Casting is a paras, parasitic entity. Oh, they got like, sued, and now it's free, isn't it? Oh, now it's free? Yeah. Okay, that's great. Well, <laughs> yeah, that problem was, solved. Problem was, solved. We only have one viewer on Periscope. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> I love it. Because the, well, there's like gir- sexy girls in... Say what? Um, there's probably sexy girls on Periscope, so no one... Periscope is this app that Rob was telling me about earlier when we were driving from Hollywood and um But I don't know how to post this on like social media, so I never did. How to connect Periscope with social media? You don't know how to do that? Yeah. Well don't worry about it. I mean uh, reaching for your phone right now, but I mean, the twenty this is the new media, everybody. This is new media. It was like multiple avenues of communication and broadcasting. Uh, multiple applications. It's amazing what we can do now. It is amazing, and we're not we're not <laughs> dependent on a centralized entity like the Hollywood studio system. Yeah. Um, and Hollywood's a little bit nervous right now, everybody. You know, Hollywood's a little bit nervous because different forms of media vie for your time. There's only so much time in the day, so all these different screens. One, two, three, four, five, I count five 
four, uh, five or six screens in front of us right now all vie for our attention and vie for our time. <laughs> right? So Hollywood is like, well, how do we get people to, uh, how do we get people back into theaters? It, the answer is pretty clear to me. Lower the friggin' ticket prices. Oh, yeah. That's When's the last true. time you went to see a movie? I went, I went like a week or two ago, but I, you- I hate going, like, I like the cheap theater more. Because they have like a three dollar theater, but um, exactly, I hate paying fucking fifteen to twenty a ticket. Fifteen to twenty a ticket. Yeah. Hollywood, if you're listening, and I know you're not, you know the CEO of Warner Brothers, Fox Studios, Disney, whatever. You get with the program. If the reason why there is fewer, why cinema is 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 losing ground. To these screens we're carrying around in our pockets, in our hands, in our laptops, in our tablets, in our phablets, and our what what have you. The reason that you're that less people are going to see movies uh, that aren't superhero movies, because <laughs> a lot of people are going to see freaking Avengers, but that's only going to last so long. You can only ride the wave. Yeah, I'm st- getting tired of them already. It's, it's so it's, many superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. how many sequels? Can Hollywood ride out to to, uh, to get profits from? Me- the message is clear, Hollywood. If you want to survive, you need to lower the price of going to see a movie in a on a big screen in theater, right? You, it's too. F- you have to, yeah. It's too expensive. If if I have the option of watching a movie, watching something on YouTube or my apartment, watch something on my laptop and Netflix, blah, 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 what have you, going to the red box at 7-Eleven, or <clears throat> going to see for what $1.50 or free or nothing, or going to see a movie for $15, $20 more if you buy popcorn and a soda, I'm gonna be I'm like, I'm staying home. <laughs> I'm staying home. And I think most people are doing that now. They're just watching stuff online at home on their TVs, you know. Exactly. Hollywood is a dinosaur, but they don't have to be. They don't have to be a dinosaur. They they need to figure out a way to lower ticket prices. And uh, it's, it's because I'm a big fan of cinema myself. I'm a, I'm a media studies geek. I study media, multimedia, new media, old media, the golden age of Hollywood, what have you. And um, cinema, there's a particular quality to cinema that other mediums don't have. Going to see a movie with surround sound in a theater at a multiplex or whatever, uh, art house theater, is different than watching a, a movie on your laptop at home with uh, USB speakers or headphones or there is no sound. All right, Periscope has no sound. Um, That's so weird. That is weird. Thank you, everybody on Periscope, for telling us that we have no sound. I hope the podcast has sound. So ranting on uh, cinema. Cinema has qualities. Going going to see a movie and sitting down in a seat with a hundred other people. St- Friends and strangers and family and people you don't know and people of the community and having this 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 experience together is is a unique uh, a unique thing a unique uh, I want to say trend a unique aspect to our culture that deserves preservation but if it's not preserved in the right way 
if, if the ticket prices aren't affordable to the masses, then it's going to die. And uh, good riddance, really. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of movies and cinema, but if, if Hollywood can't get with the program and lower ticket prices and make it accessible to the masses and make it this, this mass medium that everybody can... You know, it's like the, where there's a theater in every neighborhood that's affordable... What use is Hollywood to us? What use is Hollywood to me if I can't spontaneously go, oh yeah, I'm going to walk down to the corner, pay five bucks to watch the latest movie on a big screen with surround sound and just be mesmerized. What use is Hollywood to me? Hollywood is of no use to me if I have to get in my car, drive half an hour, struggle to find parking... Pay $15 for a ticket, $8 for a giant popcorn that's going to give me diabetes, and sit and watch uh, a, a movie that is, chances are it's going to be crap. Can you then, guys hear us? <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys hear my monologue? Now I'm good. Oh, wow. All right, Rob. I bow. I, uh, I give you the, the stage. What do you want to talk about, bro? I just... Um... <laughs> what uh? I, I wanted to know what your life was like, you know, living in uh, out of the United States. Well, my, the only place I've lived out of the United States is Thailand. I've been, I've visited many other places. I've visited many, many other places, primarily in Asia. I got this Asia addiction going on. <laughs> I, I love all things Asian. Um, what was the first Asian country you went to? Good question. You know, you're making me think now, Robert. You're <laughs> testing. What is this, an IQ test? Shit. <laughs> first Asian country I went to had to have been, I believe it was Hong Kong. I believe it was Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah. Unless you count a layover. I might have had a layover. But I, yeah, I flew into Hong Kong. And from Hong Kong, I stayed there for a few days, explored, and to this day, Hong Kong is my favorite city. My favorite city. I like it even more than Hollywood. I love you, Hollywood. I love you, LA. But Hong Kong is, is like this, this beacon of hope. Of uh, It's like this utopian city-state. Even though people are living in like closets and like bunk beds and closets and shit. Uh, it's, uh, people are happy there. It's a great city. Can I ask you something? Sure. So it's your first day. You arrive there. How do you just like even find a place to live or like meet people? Well, it's easy, man. You know, it's easy in the age, in the internet age. Travel is, is not difficult. Um, you know, you can look everything up online. So I think I looked a hostel up online. And uh, wow, you're really making me dig into my <laughs> memories now. In. Yeah. Dig like it's it's going way kind of it feels like it's way back but it's only like I don't know first time I flew to Asia was I don't know whatever um yeah I I, uh, I, I went to one hostel was too expensive I found another hostel that was less expensive it's all on the internet you know even back before I, I don't even think I was running a smartphone when I first went to Asia I was I was running a, like one of those uh slider phones when I first went to Asia I think yeah, was, oh, where it slides open? It was like, uh, I think 
not an LG, I don't know what it was. It was one of those rectangular ones that slides up and then you have a key, QWERTY keyboard in addition to a screen. That's a trip. I can't believe I went to Asia without a smartphone. That's a trip. And um, You did it the old fashioned way, I guess. I guess. Right? Well, I mean, a lot of people didn't have smartphones back then when I first went. Damn, now I feel like an old man. Um, and so, yeah, I arrived in Hong Kong and then I went to... Went over the border to Guangzhou, China. That was like my second. And Guangzhou is a heck of a city. The thing about Guangzhou is it's uh, it's the historical city of Canton. So oh, Chastity. Chastity, who's that? She's a Chastity okay, Chambers. I remember it. you. Oh, you remember her? Yeah. What's thank up, you for Chastity? joining us. Can you hear us, Chastity? Hi. All right. <laughs> yeah. Periscope's a cool app. I'm digging Periscope. Um. Yeah, so, we had no sound earlier on the Periscope. Right on. We got sound now. Chastity Chambers. How, Chastity, how's it going? How's the acting game going for you? Have you seen her music video? It was pretty cool. Is, she, is Chastity a singer? Yeah, she's a singer and she does acting too. A singer who does acting. Yeah. Not acting, crewing. Well, crewing's cool. Crewing. I dig crewing. I like working crew myself. Um, I like working crew. I like I like grip work myself. I like I like good old fashioned hard work. And, you know, when you're crew, you're like, you don't understand these actors who like prima donnas. They're in their. When you're working on crew, you're like these actors. What what this? What is this actor over here? And this getting a makeup done in this freaking this trailer and shit. You know, you're like I'm lifting heavy shit because I'm crew. You know, I like working crew. It's good honest work. Um. I think everybody who's involved in the film industry should... How do you remember me? From when, LOL? I don't know. I, we did the table together, right? No. Um, with Chastity, we did a table episode with Chastity. No, right? she does Ustream. She's a Ustream host. Chastity? And a singer, yeah. I, pull up a picture of Chastity if you can, then I'll remember her better, but... Uh, I, I that the name really rings a bell. I could have sworn we did a table episode with her. You don't think so? Oh, oh! If you have the internet, you can type in. Oh yeah, I do have Chastity Chambers. Chastity Chambers. How do All we right. find you, Chastity? Anyway, um, what what was I talking about? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, think about podcasts. You got to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ad on a kink pilot right now. Or Kirk, I couldn't read it. Chastity Chambers pulls up a lot of stuff on Facebook. Who's Nikki? Um, on a kink pilot? Tell us what a kink pilot is. Okay, so for everybody on the podcast, we're also on uh, Periscope, which is an app. We're on multimediums. We're working multimediums <laughs> here. We're we're broadcasting to the Babylonosphere Ether via multiple mediums. <laughs> the uh, the lamp is not a microphone. Sometimes I speak into a lamp and I think it's a microphone, everybody, but it's not. Because <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm crunk like that. Uh, so for the podcasters out there, we're also on a Periscope. Now, Rob, update. No, I'm a media studies geek. I, I follow media, new media, old media, the golden age of Hollywood, what have you. I'm a novelist. I just finished writing a novel. Tell me, Robert, the Periscope, are we going to be able to preserve this and post it on Facebook, like cross pollinate it with social media? How does Periscope work? 
Yeah, we can um, pretty much share this and uh, save it to my phone, and then it's a video you can upload to anywhere, pretty much. Cool. But because that Snapchat... Somebody's smiling on Periscope. The Snapchat is one thing I don't understand. Like, I never... Yeah, I, I never use Snapchat. I just know it's videos that they don't last... They don't. They die. They, it's like yeah, this message will self-destruct. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to Snapchat with one of your friends <laughs> on the other side of the planet. But this message will self-destruct in five, four, three, two. Yeah. So like, I don't know. What's what's the point of uh, creating media if you can't preserve it for future generations? I guess. But I think that's the whole the whole thing. I'm actually getting pretty drunk right now on four point five percent beer. <laughs> Um, I think that's the whole like thing of like the whole like the Burning Man thing is they're like let's build this whole giant dude in the desert and then work really hard and, and, and carefully construct him and then just burn him down you know like that's the thing with with uh, Snapchat I think is like you just let it go you know you just let it go you just it just it's gone into the the uh, the universe it, it self destructs. Whereas uh, something like YouTube or cinema or you preserve it for later generations or, or YouTube or cinema or chiseling something into stone like the Ten Commandments is uh, preserved for later generations like uh, uh, hieroglyphs or petroglyphs or painting on the I stone. was studying uh, spirit science. Have you heard of that? Where, uh, spirit the, science. The, emblet, the emerald tablets of Thoth. Like they found these Sounds cool, man. The, the green tablets in the Great Pyramid, and it's uh, huh. That's what I have on my Facebook as my banner. The the tablets, I guess. Cool. I gotta look that up. Where yeah. are we right now? We are in. Uh, somebody's asking where are we right now. We are in Hollywood. We're nowhere in Koreatown, We're which in Korea is Town. south of Hollywood, which is the better part of uh, L.A. If you ask me. In my kitchen right now. The kitchen. This is a really cool kitchen with a blue light. Check out the blue light, everybody. For all the people listening on the podcast, I'm sorry that you can't see the blue light. You're missing out, really. Blue light. What is it about blue light that is really cool? I don't know. Going off on random tangents. That's what I do. Because I'm, I'm drinking Korean beer to the max. To the maximum. 4.5%. Cool like your new place. Uh, okay. So we have competing uh, audiences here. The, the Periscope people are asking questions while the, the uh, podcast audiences won't know what the heck is going on when we're going to see the Periscope people. It's really cool. I'm digging it. There's a media production chamber right here, folks. I'm planning to stream this weekend. Okay, that's great. Pop-up video. Um, for everybody out there, go to landgabrielwriting.com. That's my website, L-A-N-D-G-A-B-R-I-E-L-W-R-I-T-I-N-G.com. Landgabrielwriting.com. And you can find my blog posts and my novels and my short stories. I publish free fiction on my website, landgabrielwriting.com. Plug in the product placement up in this Ustream. Not, it's not Ustream. It's a... It's a Podcast slash Periscope Multimedium 21st Century Broadcast. I'm giving you the microphone, Robert. This podcast is sponsored by Lyft. Lyft <laughs> offers fast, friendly, affordable rides. 
And for $25 (laughs) towards your first ride, use code Robert Hollywood. Yes, my code, guys, out there is Robert Hollywood. First fried, first ride, first fried rice for free. <laughs> first fried rice for free? That's not a good advertisement, man. You're drinking beer and you say first fried rice for free. <laughs> what? Uh, are you are you really a Lyft driver? I used to be a Lyft driver, but now I just I'm a brand ambassador. Like I just get money if someone uses my code, pretty much. Are you serious? So this is the whole thing I don't even know about. So you don't even fucking drive people? You just get money if somebody uses your code? Yeah. This is ridiculous, dude. This is so ridiculous. I gotta go reduce my bladder because I've been nursing these Korean beers. Robert, keep talking, man. Don't don't let the line go dead. Hey, guys. It's been a while since I've done anything. I haven't been streaming. I haven't been periscoping. I promised you guys that I would, but I didn't follow through with it. Life just got to me. You know, depression sucks. And I finally got over my depression. You know how I did it? YouTube. Basically, I started watching life coaching videos and just advice for people, you know, that are down and out and... I used YouTube to turn my life around. So now I'm back in the podcasting acting game. Seeing what will happen. I don't know yet what will happen, but... I, um, I've i been working on some projects. Uh, me and Gabriel were writing scripts. Um, he got some new camera gears, so we're we got some stuff in works. And I got two podcast episodes that I never edited from when I was in Florida. I um, I interviewed the actress Celine Eckright over the phone. And then I have a Mark Barton podcast coming up. Oh, there you are, Gabriel. <laughs> What's up, y'all? <clears throat> um, what was I going to say? I don't remember. Um. Oh, I want to ask, how did you, uh, you just re- recently started doing like writing and re- uh, releasing books. Like when did you start doing this? Uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, I've always written. I've always been a writer myself. And uh, I hit out on you one night. <laughs> Are you saying somebody's coming to kill us? Kill me? What, a hitman? Were you in the mafia? Why were you mad? Paris, at me? for everybody on the podcast, we're reading pop up like bubbles of text that uh, pop up while we're broadcasting, and it's interesting multimedia experience. And uh, yeah, so uh, books writing, I write. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I write. Uh, I'm. I've always written, but I just finished a novel, and it's about Thor. And the, the uh, and the interesting thing is that Thor is the only character in the Marvel universe that is not uh, protected by intellectual intellectual property rights. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, because the Norse deity. Everybody out there who's uh, 
Study the classics, everybody. Everybody out there who is uh, uh, aware of uh, the Norse mythology, Thor is like a very famous god in the North, Norse, the North, the North Norse mythology. And so uh, he's, he's uh, anybody can write a comic book or do a movie about Thor. Anybody. And not get sued by Marvel. So I wrote a book about Thor called Urban God Punk. And uh, I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to record it as an audio book. And I'm going to publish it. I'm going to self-publish it. Everybody, I'm going to publish it on Amazon. I'm going to send out review copies as a paperback and as an audio book on Audible all at the same time because this is the 21st century. And we are working in more than multiple mediums, folks. Many more than multiple mediums. We're, we're broad pod casting all over the Babylonosphere ether. Have you released the audio version of your books yet? No, no, I haven't. You're going to do it? Or? Yeah, well, the, the, especially the novel. The thing about releasing an audiobook, like right now we can do, record a podcast. I'm shaking the table again. Right, which is affects Periscope, but not the uh, podcast. Uh, all right, thanks. Somebody's uh, popping up saying they got to go on Periscope. Well, thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks, We're... Chastity Chambers. Chastity, I was looking for you on Facebook. Chastity, come on. I don't. I, I remember who I don't remember who you are. So I, I could have sworn we did a table episode together. Everybody, go to the the table improv on YouTube to see what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, I could have sworn, but Rob's like second guessing me. He's like, no, we didn't do an episode. With chastity. Where did I meet chastity then? If we did, I'll show. Yeah, I'll show you her. Thank you, chastity. Her page. All right. See you soon. We're doing a short film, chastity. Here coming up. So uh, maybe we can work with you again. Anyway, blah 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 blah. Um, where were we? We're still talking. We're still broadcasting into the Babylonosphere ether and the. The lamp is not a microphone, folks. The lamp is not a microphone. And remember, don't let Google implant trackers into your brain. Don't let Google put nanotechnological trackers into your brains. Robert? What do you think of this? Have you tried VR yet? Or experienced one of those devices? Virtual reality is... The future. Is that the future? No, I don't think... I think augmented reality is the future. The thing about virtual reality is you're fully immersed. In virtual reality, you are completely, fully immersed in a different environment. And um, basically, you're, you're comatose when you're under the spell of virtual reality. And I, I'm more interested in augmented reality. Uh... Where which like brings an overlay. It mixes reality with. It mixes something. reality with. Uh, and what does reality mean anymore? Anyways, everybody. <laughs> it mixes reality is like an overlay. So if you're wearing augmented reality is like if you're wearing Google uh, Google Glass, it 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 brings pop-ups onto what you what you already see in your environment. So if I'm looking at. If I'm looking at the Griffith Observatory, for everybody who knows LA knows what the Griffith Observatory is, or uh, if I'm looking at Mount Rushmore, or if I'm looking at what's a geological site that everybody in the world knows about. If I'm looking at the Hollywood sign, 
That's a, that's a geological site. That's something that everybody in the world will recognize. What's the one thing that everybody in the world recognizes? The one geological or archaeological or architectural? The Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty, probably. Yeah. yeah. What else? I mean, I mean, the well, pyramids. Are the, the pyramids of Giza. The, yeah, I guess the seven wonders of the world. I'm, I'm, I look, listen to me. I'm all American centric. I'm like Hollywood is the only the thing. Hollywood <laughs> A merocentric ethnocentrism in effect right now, everybody. Um, what, what was the point I was trying to make before I was trying to make a point to get to the point to get to the point that was before the point? Um, so uh, augmented reality will will like if you're looking at the uh, the the Great Pyramids of Giza or the Leaning Tower of Pisa, Pisa. The augmented reality would like overlay like kind of like things like bubbles or like like factoids or a mapping screen onto that to guide you to through the city to get to to the city of uh, of uh, Cairo, Egypt to get to the Great Pyramid of Giza. It's just like a it's overlaid. It's it's like something that's that's like. It blends uh, media with your immediate surround, with your sensory perception of your immediate surroundings. I'm hiding behind the microphone on Periscope. You, you are. Ca- you can't see me. I'm just a microphone in two eyes on Periscope. But everybody that's listening on the podcast doesn't know what I'm talking about. You go. You go to the restroom. All right. I'll just keep talking. Into the microphone while broad well broadcast while Rob goes to uh, relinquish himself of the two beers that he, the two Korean beers that he just drank. Um, everybody, we are living in we are living in a fragmented media ecosystem. There are zero people watching us on Periscope. Okay, so this is only for the. Podcast. We're living in a fragmented media ecosystem right now, and there is different. There's a, there's struggles within this media ecosystem. It's like a Darwinian struggle. Um, a big aspect of that Darwinian struggle is between Silicon Valley and Hollywood, and I, I really pay attention to this. Uh, because I study the history of Hollywood, and I, I'm a media—I'm an armchair media studies scholar—and uh, and, and I just find it very fascinating that new media and, and, and entities, I guess we could call them entities like Amazon.com and Google, are pretty much upstaging uh, old media like NBC, Dan Rather. Um, Washington D.C. What have you? And uh, so, blah 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 blah. It's not easy doing a podcast when you're the only person. Excuse me, when you're the only person doing the podcast. How do you keep going when you're not bouncing ideas off somebody else? my co-host has stepped off the stage and gone to relieve his bladder of Korean beer. 
And I'm alone, here, with the blue light behind me in Hollywood, broadcasting into the Babylonosphere ether. Everybody, a bookstore is just an anal retentive newsstand. I've come to this conclusion as a media studies scholar. And this is coming from somebody who grew up in libraries and bookstores in around books. My, some of my earliest memories are of seeing shelves with books by... Oh! By Kurt Vonnegut. Uh, I remember Kurt Vonnegut books on my mother's bookshelf. What is with that tripod stand for that mic? Um, Kurt Vonnegut, Toffler, Future Shock by Alvin Toffler was one of my earliest book memories. The earliest spine that I read when I was like a wee lad. When I was a wee lad reading the spines of books on shelves, I would look at the shelves and I would see the Future Shock by Alvin Toffler. And that was a heck of a title. And later when I was 23, not 23, when I was 23, I would read the, the uh, Future Shock by Alton Toffler, and it was actually a pretty cool book that predicted a lot of things about internet technology and everything. And um, so, point being, a bookstore or a library is just an anal retentive comic book store or newsstand. Everybody, I'm, I'm serious about this shit. You don't need a a thick book to convey any message. There's no message in the world that needs to be padded, that needs a word count padded. For every, you know, in the literary world, padding a word count means adding in extra prose, extra words that don't need to be there. And there's no message that needs a whole book to be conveyed, no matter how scientific it is. And that's what's going on with all these boot camps, these like programming boot camps, C C CSS, uh, Flash programming boot camps. They're they're going, you know, hey, you don't need a university degree, you know, a university degree to go out there into the world and build your own website. No, you just need to come to a boot camp for three weeks, and and a fragile, you dive right in and you learn. There's no viewers on Periscope. <laughs> there's no viewers. <laughs> Rob is back. Rob. How long did it take for you to relieve your bladder of all that Korean beer? It, not long, maybe less than a minute. <laughs> my grandmother, my I would go. See, I used to go see movies with my grandmother, and she would get so angry when there would be bathroom humor in the in the movies we would go see in the theater. She'd be like, "That is not funny." She was very. She is. She's still alive. She's still kicking. She's a survivor, and she would say, uh, you know, that's not... She She hated potty humor. Any kind of potty humor, bathroom humor. Because a lot of movies have, like, these scenes. I'm sure you've seen them, Robert, where there's, like, bathroom stall scenes. Oh, yeah, like, someone's trying to take a shit or something. <laughs> someone trying to take a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my grandmother would hate that. And I kind of see her point. You know, it's, it's cheap. It's cheap humor in a way, but we all do it. Right? You know? It's like you see the beautiful woman walking down the street. And she's like flawless. Flawless. Everybody. I'm talking like... I feel like I'm... I'm my, my, everybody on the podcast can't see, but I'm talking like Donald Trump. My body language is like Donald Trump. Like, she's flawless. She's flawless. Flawless. I'm whole, and, uh, you know, 
You see her walking down the street and just, I, I want to, this is a message for all the bros out there. You see the beautiful girl walking down the street, you want to put her up on a pedestal like she's the second coming of Christ. Reminder, <laughs> just think about her naked taking a, taking a dump, guys. Because we all do it. And her shit stinks sometimes too. I had a girlfriend once who, who claimed that she only pooped rabbit pellets. Really? She she literally claimed that she had never taken any other kind of a shit than rabbit pellets. She she was she, she lying? She, of course she was lying. <laughs> Everybody's had diarrhea at least once in their life. I mean I don't want to dwell on on a scat too much, but uh, it's yeah. weird that there's girls that fart in front of you, and then there's other girls that won't. You know, they, there's they, two kinds of women in this world: the women that are willing to fart out loud, and the women that extricate themselves from the premises to go hide and fart in the corner as if it never happened. <laughs> and I, I, I like the former type of girl. I like the girl that's gonna fart in front of me. Really, the bodily function is is a turn on me. In fact, is it really a I would never, I would never <laughs> marry a woman. I used to say this actually. Yeah. I would never marry a woman that I haven't watched take a shit. <laughs> there we go. I never marry a woman. That's my best marriage advice for all you, all you guys out there who are about to tie the knot. Don't marry a woman that you haven't seen shitting. <laughs> Plain and simple. That's a, the unique way to look at it. <laughs> it's what you know. There's you know. There's a lot of ways to... to uh, that means she's more comfortable in front of you? you? Comfortable in front? that You don't know somebody until you've seen them shitting. You know, really. And, and marriage is the ultimate form of knowing somebody. You know, if, if they're going to shit your child out, then you should see them shitting non-childlike material out of their... Okay, I'm getting... This is, this is <laughs> NC-17 shit here. Going way off on sideways tangents. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think I can share this podcast on Facebook because all my family's gonna listen to it. They're gonna be like, "This guy's related to me. This guy is of the same genetic material as I am. It can't be. It does not compute. Damn it, Jim. This is not computing. All right. Well, we could um, we could do another one like another day and add to it like a car one. Like we're driving around with the mic in the car. Sounds good. People do that too. You know. Driving around, uh, coffee and cars. Or doing anything, uh, just... Yeah. Sounds good. It hooks up to the iPad, yeah. Alright. Should we, should we wrap it up? Let's Any wrap it up. Any last stories? Famous last words. My father's famous last words were... Oh, oh yeah, one more time. Where, where can we find all your, your media? My media is uh, the the central hub of my media. the The nexus of my media is landgabrielwriting.com. That's L A N D G A B R I E L W R I T I N G dot com. Because some cyber squatter took away gabrielland.com, so I had to add the writing on there, and then my last name, and then my first name. So landgabrielwriting.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, to all the friends, family, acquaintances. People I've never met and people that I might meet someday. People that, people that are cool, people that aren't cool. People. Uh, I love people. I love the world. And uh, thanks for having me on board, Robert Hatfield. What, what, plug your uh, website, your, your show, your content. Well, 
Yeah, guys, I'm on Instagram, Robert Hatfield. I'm on YouTube. Just look me up and uh, Google me and uh, add me on SoundCloud. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit those three episodes that I haven't put out there, guys. Sorry for slacking. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we're gonna try to do another one of these one of these days. So. Word. Yeah, and look me up on YouTube too. Gabriel Land on YouTube. I got a bunch of stuff on YouTube, a bunch of content. Soon to be more content on YouTube as well. I just got a new camera set up myself. So um, I'm doing a short film with Robert here pretty soon. So in the next few weeks, got this cool like David Lynchian surrealistic short film we're going to do. So, All right, guys. Catch you later. Hang loose, everybody.